You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Castrovince, and this is our latest look at the Colorado Rockies. I am joined by the six foot nine inch Thomas Harding. And, Thomas, uh, the Rockies got some a uh, little bit of an early spring bummer here with uh, David Dahl's injury, uh, a stress reaction in his sixth rib. Uh, he'll be activity free for at least the next couple weeks. And this was a guy who's very easy to be excited about uh, coming off his offense performance in, in about 200 at bats last season. But uh, give me your thoughts on Dahl and, and his uh, his recovery from this one. Well, first of all, they've got to be very careful with David Dahl. Um, and I think they are. And I talked to David yesterday. There's no talk about pushing him so he can be there for opening day, which really is a meaningless deadline. I mean, it's one 162nd of your season. So if they can get him right, then he's a good bat to have in that lineup. He was competing for the left field job with Gerardo Parr, a guy they signed before last season for three years and $27.5 million. And Parr was hurt all of last year, really, um, and, and, and didn't – exactly hit with any consistency when he was healthy. But uh, he's healthy now, so they're able to absorb this injury to David Dahl. Yeah, um, obviously Para, you know, would stand to benefit from, from the increased playing time. But I, what I want to know, I want to talk to Dr. Harding here. What, what is the stress reaction versus the stress fracture? Okay, it's, it's actually, and, and I think I mentioned this yesterday, this came from Princeton University. So, you know, it's, it's not just something that I – kind of thought of while sitting in the press box, but it's basically the degree of uh, disruption to the bone there. It's, it's sort of like, you know, what is a sprain versus a tear? Um, it, if you don't treat it right, then it could become a stress fracture. Right now, just the, the, the bone makeup is a bit disrupted there. I mean, it looks like it could go, so they're trying to stop it, stop it before it does go. Gotcha, gotcha. That's a uh, you know I, I expected nothing but the utmost uh, medical due diligence from our uh, our resident uh, uh, would be doctor. Uh, instead, you're a sports writer, but that's okay. Um, yeah, sometimes, sometimes you got to be Gray's Anatomy here. <laughs> Absolutely. Greg Holland was a interesting sign by this club, of course. Uh, one year, seven million dollar deal with a vaccine <laughs> option for eighteen. It just seemed like the industry did not know what to make of Greg Holland this winter. He had a, um, a showcase, I believe, it was in November, and underwhelming, uh, I, I think, was the word to to describe that, just from a velocity standpoint. You know, he was sitting in the mid to upper 80s, uh, a guy who used to have a, a fiery fastball, but before the injury and the Tommy John. Um, but it sounds like the velocity is creeping back up there in Rockies camp. Yes, it is. But if you go back and you look at it, that showcase was 13 months out of surgery. Usually when you're 13 months out of Tommy John surgery, you're, you are what pitching your first rehab game. So that I didn't understand. Why was the industry expecting him to be at 95 miles an hour at that point? So I didn't think that that was a huge thing to be alarmed about now when a guy's coming off of Tommy John, John surgery. There are reasons to be alarmed. I just didn't think that the showcase really had any effect on it. Um, if you look at him right now, He's up around 91, 92, and that was in a in a um, what is it simulated game with three or four minor league guys. He's probably never met. Some, and who knows? Maybe he'll meet them at some point. I know they hope to meet him. But you're on a backfield, no fans there. 91, 92. You, you'll get him into some spring training games now. Possibly he may throw some minor league games just to build the pitch count up. But at some point, you want him to 
be totally healthy and understand his motion. That's the thing. But that's the thing about him. He wants to. He wants to be repeating his delivery, having the ball coming out right before he gets out there with the adrenaline and the fans and something that really matters. Where that's going to put a few more miles an hour on your fastball, but you don't want to be unsound when you get out there. And that's what he's trying to do. He's just trying to build up and make sure, build up his motion, build up the ability to repeat, build up his endurance and make sure that he's doing things right when the adrenaline takes over. Yeah, that's, that's, that's laudable. That's what I'm doing with this podcast. I'm, I'm trying to uh, ease into it here. I'm going to hit you with the big picture questions uh, at the end. I'm going, to, I'm going to gear you up towards that point. But first, Thomas, I want to know about Chris Zenorfia, uh, kind of an interesting non-roster candidate having not played last season because of back surgery. Uh, what does he bring to the table at this stage of his career? Well, that was the big question and, and why he really had to hustle to get this contract. Um, he, in, he did finish the last season with the Giants at the AAA level, but they didn't call him up for the stretch run. So he got an early start on his postseason, did a lot of gymnastics work. I mean, I urge you to go look at my story on the site, and it links to some of the to an earlier story that has some of the um, Instagrams of him doing all this gymnastics stuff. If he is healthy – then he has a few things to the Rockies. When he played for Bud Black with the Padres, he played all three outfield positions or was a starter for long stretches of time. Not only that, but he's a fast runner, an aggressive runner. And the Rockies right now, it's kind of iffy. Are they, are, are they going to steal bases? I'm not sure. Are they going to be aggressive with the ball in play? They need to be, but it certainly is good to have a guy like Chris Denorfia. And not only that, but... He's a right-handed bat on a team that everybody on their major league roster hits left-handed. So he could be a pretty interesting um, guy to add to a team. And it, it depends. At the end of spring training, say if say if Dahl does come back and he's he doesn't have a spot here, would he go to AAA to be there in case something happened? Because things always happen. All right. So just a, a couple of bigger picture questions for you here, Thomas. Uh, I mean, this is not really big picture. This is about one guy, but I think he represents so much in the big picture. That's John Gray. I've, I've been hearing great things about just how he looks physically. Um, you know, he's a 25-year-old guy who, you know, trying to find himself at the big league level from a consistency standpoint last season. Do you think he's going to make the leap? And I ask that with the leap uh, capitalized. The T and the L are both capitalized. Is this the year for the leap for John Gray? I'll tell you what. John Gray reminds me at this stage of, of his career of Ubaldo Jimenez when he ended up making the leap with the Rockies. Now, it took him about, from, from this point of his career, it took him about a year and a half a year and a half, or, or well, actually most of a season, and then the following year he really made the leap. But uh, the way Gray pitched at the end of last season, the power that he pitched with and the confidence that he pitched with, it's possible he can make the leap now, the, the leap you're talking about, the, the thing where he goes out on the mound, he knows that he dominates this game, and so does the other team. That's what the Rockies have been looking for for Gray, and actually they've been coaching him for that. When I talked to the general manager, Jeff Breidich, and also the pitching coach, Steve Foster, at the end of the season, I'm like, okay, what does he need to work on? And they're like, we're, we're not going to talk to you about his curveball or, 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 or his release point or, or his launch angle or anything like that. What we're going to talk to you about is, does he believe that he can dominate a baseball game? Does he believe that he is one of the best pitchers in the major leagues? And that's what they've been trying to pump into him mentally here, and he's taking to that. So um, 
we can talk about it all day. And if, uh, you know, if that worked, then Dr. Phil could be a pitching coach, you know, just convince the guy, this is a changing day in your life. But can he go out there and do it? And that's, that's what we're looking for. I mean, this is a guy who throws when he wants to in the upper 90s, who has a, a nice curveball that w- works as a change of pace. He also has a devastating slider. He gets a lot of strikeouts on. So all the, all the tools in the pitch mix, they're all there. It's just can John Gray put it together, and can he show up and say he doesn't have all of his stuff? Can he get by on that? Um, how often will he have all of his pitches? You're, you're talking about a guy that uh, the Rockies expect to be mentioned with the top pitchers for the next years to come. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, they got a lot of faith in, in this young rotation in general, uh, and, and that's why they invested so heavily uh, this offseason to, to improve this product for 2017. And, and that leads to the, of course, the big, big picture question, Thomas. And another thing we're hearing is just about the optimism in this camp uh, with Bud Black coming aboard as manager and, and changing the tone there and uh, obviously the moves they made this winter with Ian Desmond and improving the bullpen. Give me the sense of this club. It's way too early uh, to, to, to measure their performance, but you're, we're hearing good things from evaluators about them. What is your outlook uh, on the Rockies going into 2017? I believe that uh, they've got a chance this year, and they've got to make the right moves as the year goes on, or they've got to really know their personnel. I would give – Jeff Breidich, a lot of points for that. It seems that uh, a lot of the guys that he's traded for right before they majors and the people in the system, he has a good handle on what they can do and what they, what, what they can grow into. But the next question will be, when they get close to that deadline, because they're in a division with the Dodgers and the Giants, can they do little things to push them over the top? Would it be a big trade, say, for a catcher, because there's not a lot of experience there? Um, could they improve the bullpen or even go out and get that starting pitcher to push them over the top? Or could this team be like the 2007 team where in August they lost three of their five starting pitchers to injury, and none of them came back except for Aaron Cook, who came back for game four of the World Series. Mostly that was done from within. The guys like Ubaldo Jimenez and Franklin Morales, they came up and pitched. Uh, will the Rockies have enough depth to withstand injuries and depend on those guys rather than going out and getting somebody if they're in a pennant race? Jeff Breidich has to make all those moves. He has to make them correctly. This is a sport where the general manager is an impact player. Can Jeff Breidich be that impact player here? All right. There you have it. The latest from Thomas Harding. I want to thank Jim for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. It's been MLB.com Extras, Colorado Rockies edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.